0: to Channel14.com's Bodega Nights. I'm Zhao. My name is AG. And that introduction sounded a lot like a third world Linux introduction.
1: <sighs> because we're the ones who are
0: taking <laughs> reins. Hello? 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 Hello, hello, hello. That was a, a third world internet moment. Third world <laughs> glitch. Um, When the internet connection dropped out, it felt like a mandatory moment of silence for one of my favorite senators in the country oh yeah yeah it was a uh, mm. was it was it was weird man because I was I was thinking of initially making the transition when you talked about like Matt Hardy but then you know we're not supposed to speak ill of the dead
1: well we're not but I want to give respect to her by saying she also had her broken brilliance yeah like because yeah that that moment in her life the, the her turning point with her son like for those who are listening, we're talking about the late Senator uh, Mariam Defensor Santiago. Mm-hmm. Who, like, for me, I was not a big fan of her before before that incident. And then after that incident, how she handled it, how she handled herself, amazing. That's like, yeah. wow, she's she's doing this with conviction now. Like, well, oh, yeah. she does things with conviction, but with just that extra oomph. Like, there's fire inside this woman. So Yeah, yeah. And during the the justice justice hearing, no, what's it called that? Impeachment proceedings, the hearing. Darn Mm -hmm. eloquence. Yeah. Very there's a term, statesman, state uh statesmanship or something? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot the term. But like that great. And she deserves the love that the entire country is giving her right now.
0: Yeah. Like to my mind, she has the most uh like rational uh um, that that's really weird to say, right but like <laughs> um, <laughs> for some
1: you're talking about the Senate <laughs> and then, oh she's most rational, everybody's supposed to be rational
0: <laughs> like um not, okay. not 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 talking about the Senate, but like you know how she has that reputation for being you know a little uh kind of like you said broken brilliance right um mm-hmm. but like. Because I'm thinking of doing, like, a report uh, for an independent media company that I do work for, I'm thinking of doing something on federalism. Oh, okay. Right? Like, a, like a, what is it? How do we get there? Should we or shouldn't we? And the thing that has been bugging me is, like, other than the obvious, like, oh, we have to defend the Constitution, blah, blah, blah. Like, what is the argument against federalism? And I think she had the most rational argument for why federalism could be a bad idea.
1: And that is?
0: We can't have a federal Philippines without an anti-political dynasty law. Uh, because, yeah, again, fiefdoms. Right? So, like, you're giving more power to individual fiefdoms. And, um, I I think she's like, she's always, um, she's always the one that tries to enroll a bill on political dynasties, right? Like she's <laughs> been, gonna uh, get shut down. Yeah. Well she's like an advocate of it, right? So yeah. um it's she has the most rational argument against federalism. Um uh, I still think it's a great idea. But uh Ganya was none of that until the political dynasty bill is passed. Um She is colorful.
1: <laughs> a colorful personality.
0: Some of some of the most interesting cases in constitutional law, involved her uh, stuff like how she was cheated out of the presidency by Fidel Ramos, which has quite a, <laughs> like the <laughs>
1: conspiracy theorist inside me is like, yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it was uh, it was, it was pretty cool, right? Because uh, there was a there was a time when President Ramos wanted to change the constitution. Into a to, to to make the Philippines like a parliamentary system or something like that. Yeah, or to extend the term of the presidency, or something. And the one person that had the balls to file a case against him because it was very obviously him wanting to hold on to power indefinitely <laughs> was <laughs> I know it was uh, Santiago. Of course, she was like. Yeah, I was like, wow, you know, and that was a uh, very informative and whatnot. But you know, yeah, uh, for all the netizens out there, um, she was or she she was an advocate for the Magna Carta of internet freedom, which is like again, I, I really hate the idea of the government over legislating, but in the system, in the present system that we have. Having a Magna Carta for internet freedom is great. It, <laughs> like, it, it beats the current, like, cybercrime law that we have, which is weird at best. And then uh,
1: yeah. she's also the one pushing for FOI. Like, she gave a lot of pointers to Grace Poe. Oh, yeah, man. Because like, Grace Poe was like, uh, okay, so where do we start? Or where where do we, like, go from here? Gave her a lot of lectures. <laughs> like, Yeah.
0: Um it's it's like you can tell that she knew the you can tell that she knew the Philippine constitution fairly well um yep. because because uh, while the freedom of information is a vested right it needs an enabling law and while um and while political dynasties are unconstitutional it's only unconstitutional if there is an enabling law so it feels like most of her political career has been trying to like put forth these enabling laws to give life to the Constitution. And I I think that's the thing I admire her for the most. Like I, you know, she's kinda of weird admittedly, but I I would think that at the end of the day she was just a really good lawyer. <laughs> you know? Amazing lawyer, man. <laughs> or like not not a lawyer, but like a, a great legal scholar. Well, technically Maybe she great, was a teacher but like a she was pretty good legal scholar.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep yeah she is she is and and very much
0: knows what she's doing <laughs> yeah that's that's another thing that like um <laughs> well, when it comes to well, again, I really hate this this whole like Senate inquiries in aid of legislation crap, right like I think that she hates that, that. that <laughs> no it's no Here's she I'm things. not sure that she hates it because she's she always uh, she always well, grandstands yeah during during proceedings like that. Like, that's, that's the, that's the thing that I, that I can't get behind when it comes to her. And I know we're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but, um, during, uh, during inquiries in aid of legislation, uh, members of Congress have immunity from suit. So they can say whatever they want without any sort of legal repercussion. They can libel all they want. You know, they can, they can, like, absolutely rip into a person and insult the honor of their dead grandmother and it's absolutely fine because it's in aid of legislation. And one of the people that tended to abuse that was Senator Santiago. But what was really cool was that she knew that she could get away with it.
1: (laughs) And she uses that to call out people. Yeah. Like, that's a stupid argument what you just said. (laughs) Like, like she's short of saying that. Or when two senators are just arguing like one of her signature lines either <laughs> her cancer cells are like surging. Yeah,
0: so you know, it's like
1: um like when she voted no for the impeachment of the chief justice. For me that's such a huge thing. I think like, if I'm not mistaken only 3 people
0: voted no. Yeah. yeah and yeah, her speech the, there was great. The right. So I think um another one of the greatest things about her or yeah, probably the so one of the greatest things about her that I'm not sure that a lot of our politicians nowadays have is that she knows how to make the best of the broken system. Yeah. So, like, and I guess tries to do what she can to fill in some of the little holes here and there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Senate needs her right now.
1: <laughs> like, the Senate yeah, needs it, her right freaking now. She's pretty much. I, I, sorry, I I saw the tweet. Well, the tweet, the Instagram post of Grace Poe, and she's like, "We need her right now. <laughs> we miss." Yeah, her. Like a lot of
0: a lot of the newer members of Congress. Um, what's it? Are career politicians nowadays? Like they, they're weird, man. Like, sure, the 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 Congress is starting to skew a bit younger, but there aren't as many lawyers anymore yeah i found you know like it's it's all the uh because one thing i absolutely hate is traditional politicians right i really hate them trapo people Mm -hmm. but then at the same time a good number of those trapo people were lawyers that kind of understood what they were doing as lawmakers Mm -hmm. you know like what we have now at least when it comes to uh, when it comes to district representatives, are we have a lot of children of politicians that ended up becoming politicians and not being professionals that ended up getting into politics?
1: And to be fair, if I'm not mistaken, some of them took what do you call that civil um, civil service? Uh, what's that study? Not even political science. Yeah, but that's so for like,
0: executive branch, right? What do you mean they took the no, civil, they took the civil service exam? Anybody no, no, not civil service, service exam. exam.
1: <laughs> not, not the it's civil the service exam. It's the easiest exam of um, the country. Si- uh, it's, uh, I forgot the degree. Oh, public administration. Why did I think civil service exam? I think some of them graduated public administration. Uh. But that's not. If you're a congressman or yeah. a senator, much better if you're law. <laughs> degree. Yeah. If you know the law. But then again... How can you run for office if it's going to take you, like, 10 years to get your law degree?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think the upper house should be all lawyers and the lower house should be all... or And, and the lower house can be, like, a mishmash, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I kind of like that it's diverse. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to those... But when it comes to senators, it has I'd to like be. all of them to be, like, good, you know? And should like, look like, kick-ass in a robe. Like, give them them the same, like, requirements that you would, say, for the chairman of the commission on elections, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be a lawyer that's been practicing for however many years and all that. Uh, While, like, the House of Representatives, like, fine, you know, it doesn't really matter. Because you have the check and balance that is the Senate. I don't know. Because the lower house is... Meant to represent the people in a more direct way. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of sad, looking at the people in Congress. Like, well, not looking at the people in Congress uh, as a whole, but, like, looking at the people that are part of the House of Representatives specifically. Like, what does that say about us as a nation? About us as a people? The population is old. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like... I knew
1: there was, like, this study somewhere, but it was for the U.S. Congress. They look at the current median population of race, color, and whatnot. And if that is reflected in their Congress, I'm pretty sure there will be the same discrepancy as here. It's so, like, if you look at the median age of the Congress, if you look at um their socioeconomic income and other factors and other demographic factors, if that will be reflective of the current population, I'm pretty sure it won't. Yeah,
0: obviously not.
1: Or we might be surprised. We don't know.
0: <laughs> hmm. Well, that'd be a really good study, actually. So if anybody out there... <laughs> if anybody out there Looking for a thesis study. <laughs>
1: political economy PhDs or, like, political science.
0: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a pretty cool study. Just look at how representative the House of Representatives is, really.
1: Yeah, how representative is the
0: House of Representatives. Right? Like, how many of them are there now? They're, like, uh... Hmm. How many are there? No. A <laughs> couple of hundred. Yeah, yeah, three hundred something maybe? Wait, mm-hmm. let me let me look that up. And how many uh No, I don't want the US House of Reps. <laughs> Philippines. <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. Ah, Speaker of the House. Yeah. And nobody really knows. Well not nobody really knows, but like like constitutional law professors and stuff don't don't care anymore how many members there are in the House of Representatives. <laughs> right? Because uh because the the Congress or because the Constitution sets a minimum, but it doesn't set a maximum.
1: Yeah, because I know there's a couple of hundred, like a 100 something senators, uh congressmen for districts representing the districts, but you have a bunch of congressmen for your
0: party list. Yeah, but then it it doesn't really matter though because because the Constitution provides for a minimum number of members of the House of Representatives. And that 20% of that number has to be party list. Mm.
1: So the number is uh, irrelevant. As yeah. long as it don't go to the minimum.
0: Yeah. Um, so right, right now they have 292. Uh, 234 from geographic from geographical districts and 58 party list representatives. Hmm. Yeah. So um what was it? Well, no. Wait, wait, let me Uh what was what was it? No, the constitution doesn't provide a minimum. It says that Okay, yeah, our constitution is broken because it provides <laughs> for a <laughs> because it provides for a maximum of 250, but says that a law can increase that number, which which is kind of forward thinking on the part of, like, the framers of the Constitution, right? They just could have said it better, you know what I mean? Because, like, looking it up, right, it's, uh, uh, the House shall be composed of not more than 250 members unless otherwise fixed by law. Which pretty much means that we have a maximum that we're suggesting, but if Congress wants to add more members to the House of Representatives, go ahead. (laughs) By all means. (laughs) So there. That's why we have 290-something. Huh. And the party list shall be 20% of the total number of representatives, including those under the party list. Yeah. Looking at the breakdown? Interesting. Huh. And we have too many political parties in this country. Because I I, I don't know why, to be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it irrelevant. Yeah. Well, for our context here, it's irrelevant. Because they don't really follow allegiances anyway.
0: Yeah. And none of them really stand for anything.
1: Yeah, it's just... I don't think they're political parties. I think they're more of um, support groups. <laughs> yeah. Or a collective, they function like that. Yeah. It's
0: it's so weird. Like I really don't I don't know. Like the, the more political party ish, like part of the government seems to be the the partyless type people because at least with them you kinda know how they're going to vote. Yeah. You know, like I think that's what um that's what makes a political party like a legitimate political party. You put an issue in front of them and you know more or less how they're going to vote.
1: Or at least, how their you know, members are gonna have a stand,
0: yeah, yeah, like here it doesn't really matter. You <laughs> might be called like the Liberal Party, but whatever <laughs> you know? like you might be called uh you might be called Laban, but like you're not fighting for anything
1: yeah, you're you're not even you know socialist leaning <laughs> yeah <laughs> when your party translates to fight. PDP Laban. What else are Philippine political parties? Partido Liberal, PDP Laban. Uh, um,
0: Nationalista? Come on, Nacionalista Party.
1: Yeah, Nationalista Party.
0: Yeah, you know, which... you know what's really weird about Nationalista? Hmm? They're, you know, they're, they're standard bearer, si Villar. Yeah. At one point. The, the way he stood when it came to foreign, the way he stood, uh, the way the way he stood when it came to foreign investment, right? No, oh, he's very open to foreign investment, which is... <laughs> John, which is, like, absolutely antithetical to a party that calls itself the Nationalist Party. <laughs> <laughs> he's very
1: open to it. Very, um... Very big business. <laughs> and you're Nationalist... <laughs> and your
0: Nationalist Party. So... Yeah! <laughs> like... um. Like, like, fine, their, uh, their earlier, their earlier members were very nationalist, right? Quezon, Mm -hmm. you know, Magsaysay. (laughs) Oh, Magsaysay, man. One of the, (laughs) one of the guys. (laughs) Right? Um, Although, there's a, Laurel was part of Nationalista. Huh, was he? Yeah. Well, to be fair, he, like, stayed, in the Philippines <laughs> 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 when it was taken over by the Japanese.
1: <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I always say he isn't a villain as what your high school
0: history books are telling you. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to be part of the puppet government of an invading force. <laughs>
1: yeah. Which for me actually makes for an interesting movie. Like how do you deal with that? <laughs> how do you come yeah. to terms with that? We should ask our friend. Anywho. <laughs> hmm. Our friend who's a direct lineage <laughs> of, of <laughs> them. Yeah. And, and based on their family, they're not douches. So <laughs> that's why I always maintain, you know, our high school history is very weird anyways.
0: Yeah. I absolutely hate our high school history, the way it's taught here. Like, it's very, it's very, it's it's more slanted than I would like. <laughs> you know like you're not uh, you're not teaching people here how to think about history yeah right? because history is supposed to be one of those classes in high school that equips you with critical thinking skills right but that's the that's the perfect class to teach critical thinking because math i mean fine but then you know it's a different kind of thinking literature it's yes you think about it critically but it's a different kind of thinking because at the end of the day When it comes to literature, you're looking at fiction. And um, when it comes to math, most of that is just stuff that's in the abstract world, at least in high school math. But when it comes to history, this is the perfect opportunity for you to learn how to think about your own identity in a critical way. Like look at it not as you would a religion, but look at it as you would what it is. Something that is written by the victors, and you have to read it in that sense. Something that is marred by like um the frailty of human experience, and you're supposed to read history with things like that in mind, and you're not supposed to deify the presidents of old. You're not supposed to deify freaking Rizal, <laughs> you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know it's it's, uh, again we're back I'm not sure if it's the fault of the nationalists
0: or how we are as a culture yeah I think it's a it's it's the result of um, it is the result of colonialization so I'm I'm blaming the Spanish and the Americans on this because the the way that um, history is taught here I think is a direct reaction to uh, being colonized for the hundreds of years that we were colonized, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we had to build a nation from, essentially, scratch. And a great way to build a nation is to lie about your past. <laughs> I was going to say to make shit up, but, you know,
1: <laughs> almost the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so...
0: Uh, what was it? That's...
1: That sucks, man. (laughs) Like,
0: uh, that's how we have our history taught to us. And, um, and because it is so very skewed in one, like, direction, if you're feeling particularly rebellious, like, you end up just as dogmatic as the mainstream, like, view of history, but just in the exact opposite direction. So, like in both cases, there is no real critical thinking going on. Yeah,
1: in the world of Harry Styles, be a Zayn Malik. Yeah, <laughs> sorry.
0: You know, it's, it's sort of like a. It's uh, sort of one like direction. Because how... <laughs> he kept yeah. saying one direction. I was so... trying hard not to. <laughs> yeah. But I get your point. <laughs> just right. So it's it's either it's either. Um, So, so in high school, you're taught that like Rizal is the second coming of Jesus Christ, metaphorically. Mm -hmm. And, And then, um, once you, if, if you're, you know, feeling particularly rebellious, or if like in college, you learn that, you know what, maybe like Rizal didn't vomit out rainbows and fart unicorn dust. Like all of a sudden, you swing all the way to the other side, where all of a sudden he's like this evil human being that has no place in the annals of Philippine history, which obviously isn't the case either. Yeah, and you know, like if if history in high school was, and when I was in high school, the the definition that I was given of history was the study of people in the past, and I think that is a great definition. Right, like you remember as... what
1: definition was given to us, I think, um for me, it's I think if I could remember, it's just the study of things that has happened or something <laughs> something as simple as that,
0: yeah, but then like for me, it was the study of people in the past, but I and... thought you were not a big fan of the the big man of history, yeah, yeah, i mean the 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 great uh the great man theory is absolutely terrible, but um what's important, I think, in the definition that I was given is that uh, history is a function of human agency. Ah, okay. Okay. Right. Not in itself and it may not be, you know, and it, and it may not be Alexander the great, like pointing out and, you know, breathing nations into existence, but it could be say the, the, the collective work of the mm-hmm. African American community during, mm-hmm. um, the 1970s, for example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how you know the and and how like events turned because of people, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, because uh, for yeah, like I think we discussed this before. We're not big fans of that, the big man of history or great man of history, where yeah, one man is moving things by his will. Yeah, it's always a set of conditions and and parameters. Like, I saw this study on... Well, because there are a lot of writings about Hitler these days because of authoritarian stuff that is happening around the globe. And then mm-hmm. one of the writings said that Hitler abused... Um, uh, well, the reason why Hitler rose to power was that the elites in Germany was not able to defeat him. But And then I was like, I thought he got the majority vote, right? And so... Even though there were probably a group of elites out to stop him, what if the elites were okay with him? Like, there are so many things that... So many factors in history. That's why the study is very critical. That's pretty much my point. And the way we study it here is... It's, um...
0: It's greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you, you know what's up? You know... Right, so... Uh, uh another thing that i uh, another thing that i like to uh, talk about when talking about history is that idea of the imminent conditions mm-hmm. to move history forward right so it's like the the set of circumstance the the circumstances circumstances of society or you know the time plus the people that exist in the time are what move history forward, and not like a direct sort of cause effect relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of this is the cause of this, haha, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it isn't a single cause and effect. It's not just it is, yeah. It's not. It is conditions. It's not one plus one. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, there there is that eminent condition that it's sort of history is sort of gonna go that way, but then it may or may not that kind of thing. Um, man our history here, the way it's taught, doesn't even seem to acknowledge cause and effect. <laughs> 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 like you said, man, greatest hits.
1: It, it pretty much is, right? Because like, because what, what I what I sense is we start with the birth, we start with what they did. And a few of those things, um, other things that made their parents proud, and then their death. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> the way I like to see it is, this person was born. Right? Here's fuddy. how I think. Um, uh. Well, here's here's how I think. Like, um, if, if if I were to like absolutely dumb down or sim- simplify the way history is taught, is this person was born. Jesus said this person is going to do great things. (laughs) He did something great, died, and the Philippines is a better place because of it.
1: (laughs) 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 Do we have an atheist or at least a a, a hero in our hero roster who's
0: non-secular? Wait, what, like somebody that... It's not Roman Catholic. Didn't, that that wasn't Roman Catholic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had like a number of Protestants and Muslims and whatnot.
1: Oh yeah, I, I, I know there's a number of Muslims. So non secular. So my atheist.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure that like the the folks that Sinarizal hung out with were straight up like atheists or at the very least uh, agnostics. Agnostic. Yeah. Like, um, because they, were, uh, they were very much influenced. Um, oh, and, and, uh, wait, did you say secular or non secular? Non secular. Yeah, non secular means religious, right? Wait, is it? Yeah. Non religious. that's <laughs> the term. Yeah, because secular is, uh, you know, the temporal world or whatnot. Um, so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had, like, if not all-out atheists, you know, heroes that were bordering on a disbelief or a non-belief in God. Not disbelief, but, like, a non-belief in God. You know, like, um, I would think that Rizal was, you know, if if Rizal were born a little bit later, he would have been, like, a very staunch atheist. I think he would have been, (laughs) like, because of a lot of disillusionment that happened to him, especially during his travels. Yeah, and, like, the... uh, uh, I was about to, I was about to take a dig at a very old school in the Philippines.
1: Let's just say reputable school.
0: <laughs> not the, no, not the Jesuits, huh? Like another, yeah. The other school that he went to. <laughs> yeah, That was the disillusionment that I was
1: saying. Because <laughs> he had a grand time with the Jesuits.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, so there. Um, mm. Nationalists. <laughs>
1: Nationalista party that isn't nationalist. (laughs) Uh, We need better parties in this country.
0: Yeah. We need better history classes.
1: (laughs) History classes need to be a party.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let's start like a... Like, let's start a party list organization. And... (laughs) We'll be like representing the people who believe that history is taught horribly in this country. I thought you were
1: going to say we are the party list party because we protect the party. And we love (laughs) listicles. (laughs) The party list. The party list party. Hmm. Uh,
0: What a a very Philippine-centric episode
1: we had today. Eh, it's almost free flowing, and you know, to become international, you have to create local, or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot who wrote that. That like I I got that from a book somewhere. That's an economist, right? I I really do not remember, but this was like I don't know, like sometime in college. It was like the more yeah. the more global, the more local you have to be. Or did you nab it from a marketing readings? No, no, it was uh, I a. Mean, I don't I don't remember what what book it was. I didn't get it from school. Like, it was, it was a book in my grandfather's collection or something. Oh. Like, the big idea in that book was, um, the way that, the way that small communities deal with globalization or should deal with globalization. Like, referring, of course, to Cebu in relation to the rest of the world. Yeah. I miss my grandfather.
1: Yeah. Me too.
0: I'm pretty sure he would have given me but a lot of my, grief. Yeah. yeah.
1: But my, my grandfather, too, you know. But yeah. you're saying it's going to give you a lot of peace because of law stuff?
0: Yeah. Oh, he's going to grill you, pretty much. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be able to look at him in the eye and be like, hello. You know, he'd be like, what is the preamble to the <laughs> that, Like, the 1987 constitution. Like, it's useless. <laughs>
1: or, like, hey, pops, how are you? Article 3, section 4. <laughs> uh, hmm.
0: Hmm. I should do that, though. Like, I should be able to have all of that off the top of my head. At least Article 3 of the Constitution. Because that's the yes. Bill of Rights. It's <laughs> the Bill of Rights. The only
1: thing I know, and I probably would not be able to pronounce it even properly, is Article 3, Section 4. No law should be passed or bridging the freedom of speech and expression. shambolin shambolin. <laughs> yeah.
0: The, the Supreme Court really likes that one. Like, they they... They really like the freedom of speech clause in this country. Like freedom of speech and freedom of the press. It's yeah. heavily protected here. Yeah. Like prevailing jurisprudence says you cannot have you cannot have a functioning free society without free speech. Like that's the most important thing in order for society to move forward.